chapter number two. And uh, Christmas season is upon us. And uh, as we uh, approach just in a couple weeks, hard to believe that Christmas is like, what, two and a half, three weeks away, something of that nature. Um, and so uh, right around the corner, uh, Christmas is here. And uh, we're going to be looking at over the next couple weeks some of these accounts in Scripture about the Christmas story. But there were some things that I wanted you to see uh, here this morning. I want you to, Luke chapter number 2 is where we're going to be first. And then I want you to find your place in Matthew 28. And hold your finger there, if you would, please, in Matthew chapter number 28. And uh, we're going to look back there at a verse. I would invite you to stand with me out of respect for the Word of God, if you're physically able to. Uh, stand as we go through this. I'm not... I'm going to try not to be long this morning, but I just want to share a truth with you that I believe will help us uh, this Christmas season and things as we look at it. In uh, Luke chapter number 2, and starting in verse number 10, it said, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now I want you to flip over to Matthew 28, Matthew 28 and verse 5. It says, And the angel answered and said unto the, unto, the, unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. Verse 6, she said, He is not risen, or he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. In verse number 5 of Matthew 28, in Luke chapter 2, verse number 10, there's a phrase that is all throughout the Bible, and it said this, Fear not. Fear not. And I thought about this Christmas story. We always think about Christ coming and uh, the reason that he came. And we're going to talk about that definitely this morning because that's the reason for the season, isn't it? That Christmas is here. But I want to see the angels made a proclamation here and they said this, fear not, fear not. So I'm going to preach a message to you this morning with that title, fear not. Fear not. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the time that we have to get into your word this morning. Lord, I ask you, please, to just have your will and way in this service. Lord, I pray that as we go through the Word of God this morning, that you'll strengthen hearts, that you'll encourage us uh, today. Lord, uh, Satan wants nothing more than to have us riddled with fear, wondering what's going to happen and uh, different things of that nature. But, Lord, we claim the verse that says you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, Lord, I want to just lift your name on high this morning. Thank you for the church family that you've given to us. Thank you for Faith Baptist Church. Lord, I pray that you'll just allow this church to continue to be a lighthouse for you for many, many, many years. Lord, as you stay your coming, Lord, may we uh, just lift your name up. May we honor and glorify you in all that we say and do. May we be rooted in Christ, grounded in the things of God. May we know you better. But Lord, as we go through your word, I believe every word is there for our benefit. That all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Lord, that we can be more mature Christians, that we can know you in a personal way. And Lord, the closer we draw to you, the more fruit we produce that is to your account. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to, Lord, just take this truth of you, the word of God today, apply it to our hearts, and we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. You know, with... Uh, the end of the year coming, Christmas right around the corner, uh, just a few weeks away. My mind went back even last night looking at some of the pictures that Brother Steve had put together over 
the course of the year and so many photographs, so many things uh, that have gone on to take our minds back and our memories back to this past year of 2019 that God has given us the, the many ups and downs and different things that we've experienced, but God has been with us every step of the way and God has been good through it all. And last night, just watching uh, the smiling faces and watching all the different things, my mind just went back to it and I just began to think about the different things that God has blessed over the years. And I was just rejoicing in my heart last night, just watching some of those photographs and uh, you know, it's, uh, God's done a lot when it took almost three hours to get through all the pictures uh, that they put together, and that wasn't even all of them, I'm sure. Uh, there was other ones that I probably didn't get put on there that other people have had, and I just thought, man, what a, what a joyful year that we've had. Uh, you say, well, there's been a lot of heartache, there's been a lot of sickness, there's been a lot of things. Yes, but we still serve a God that's, that's good all the time. And I was rejoicing in it, and I was, again, talking with Brother Scott last night, just rejoicing in how God helped him, and uh, even the doctor that, that did surgery on him, how God helped that doctor so that he could help Scott, and just how God has everything under control all the time, and I was just really excited by that. But there are times in our life when it seems like circumstances come, we don't know what to do, we don't know which direction to turn, and I was reading about the Christmas story and going through all of these things and I came upon chapter 2 there and I was reading it and you know I was guilty of this uh, going through it again I know I get in the habit of when I've memorized certain scriptures uh, again going through them so quickly that I don't take time to stop and see all the words that are there and take time to meditate upon it and just uh, breeze through it you know and uh I memorized the Christmas story in Luke 2 when I was young, and so every year I have a habit of uh, going through, and our, we read the Christmas story at our house before we open gifts, and I remember when I was young, they used to ask me to do it, and I tried to say it as fast as I could, because I knew when I got done saying the Christmas story, we would be able to uh, open presents, and that was what my goal was, you know, that's what I was excited about, and, uh, but I, as I've grown up, I, I still get guilty of saying it so quickly, you know, and going through and not taking time to actually stop and look at some of the messages uh, that are here in the Word of God. And I want to jump back to verse number 1, kind of lay a foundation here a little bit, and it says this, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. You ever try to put yourself in those shepherds' position? Being in that field in the still of the night, and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appears. What a trembling fear it may be to see this supernatural thing happening right in front of you. But then the message from the angel that comes out says this, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. And I began to think about, I tried to put myself in that, that account of Scripture. In those shepherds' position here, the angel appears before them and they're trembling a little bit. They're afraid and he says unto them, fear not, because I've got a good message for you. I've got some good news to tell you about. You don't need to be afraid. He said there's some good news about it. And firstly, the good news that he said, why should they not have to fear? There was a pronouncement of a miraculous birth. A pronouncement of a miraculous birth. He said this in verse 10. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Look at verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. They had been waiting for the Messiah, looking for the Messiah. And all of a sudden, the pronouncement is here. This miraculous birth uh, that's taking place. Jesus is on the scene. And the angels are telling them, listen, fear not. Because I've got some good news for you. Jesus has made it. He's here. He's come. He's born in a manger. You can go see him. And the angels begin to rejoice and sing glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. And I could imagine being there that night and hearing that proclamation of this birth that Jesus has come and that he's here and the angels rejoicing and giving glory to God in the highest. And I got to thinking about the pronouncement of that miraculous birth and the angels are telling them, fear not. Why? Because Jesus is here. And I began to go back through scripture and think about the significance of having God as part of your life. And how you can live without fear if Jesus is in your life. And the angels were saying, there's a reason that you didn't have to be afraid. There's a reason that you don't have to fear. And that reason was simple. And it's the same reason all throughout the Bible. Why? Because of God. You don't have to fear. Now, should you fear God? The Bible says to fear God. It's a reverential, respectful fear. You ought to reverence God in such a way that promotes you to do right. But in fearing not, he said, fear not, because there was a pronouncement of a miraculous birth. And he said, listen, you don't have to fear because Jesus has come. He's here. He's born in a manger. And as we begin to think about the Christmas season, uh, people have done a good job of trying to take the focus off of Christ. They try to put it on a jolly uh, fat man with a red suit and a big white beard, Santa Claus and reindeer that fly, and the man that comes down the chimney and brings presents to everybody all across the world. And they try to take the significance off the reason for Christmas. They put Merry Xmas on the signs and try to take Christ out of Christmas and all of these things. And listen, I understand that if you study the history and all the things back uh, about Christmas, and there's a lot of arguments about it, but really, we celebrate the fact that Jesus was born. The birth of Christ. See, there was a time that man sinned. God created man, didn't he? And he made him in his image. Man was created perfect in the image of God. And Man sinned in the garden, disobeyed God. He ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God gave him and said, You shall not eat thereof or you shall surely die. And man ate it and because of that sin passed upon all men at that point in time. Everybody that was ever going to be born physically in this earth was going to be uh, pronounced sin upon them except for one. And that was Jesus. Because he didn't have an earthly father. He had a heavenly father. 
If you read through the Bible, it talks about, remember when the angel appeared unto Mary and he told her, he said that you're going to uh, give, give birth to a child, that the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow thee and there's going to be a seed planted inside of you and uh, it's going to be a miraculous thing. Why? Because a virgin's going to conceive and bear a son. That just is unheard of. How could that take place? Because it was a miracle. God did it. And God allowed Mary to have Jesus. But all throughout uh, the world, sin has been uh, upon all men because of one action in the garden. And because of sin comes fear. We have to be fearful. There's a lot of people that are fearful of what's going to happen when I die. What's going to happen when uh, I close my eyes in death? What's going to happen to me? Am I going to float around in purgatory forever? Am I going to, oh, uh, what, what, I don't know what's going to take place. Well, I'll tell you what the Bible says. You're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. There is no in-between. If you're saved, you can rejoice in the fact that to be absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord. If you're lost, you need to have fear because you have to understand something. You don't have Christ. But how can you not fear in the area of the sin that's in your life as you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? See, there was a miraculous birth, this this pronouncement of this miraculous birth that was here. And you say, well, what's the significance? Because I'm, I'm building up to this. Because of sin, all these things, death passed upon all men, the Bible said, for all have sinned. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But we're talking about Christmas, and when you think about the Christmas time, what what goes in our minds is this, gifts. Gifts. And there was one gift that exceeds every other gift. The wages of sin is death, but what? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The pronouncement of this miraculous birth is bringing hope. To everybody else. Why? Because now the Savior has come. Before, up until this point, they had to sacrifice lambs and do all of these things to try to show faith in what they were going to be believing in, what they were looking forward to. And now, here's the glory and the the rejoicing in the fact that Jesus is here. The Messiah has come. And they're excited about this. Why? Because the angels are proclaiming, said, listen, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Now earth can have peace. Why? Because Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And they're proclaiming all these things. And as we, I was thinking about the sin that has come in our life, that there is a gift that's been given. That gift is eternal life. It's wrapped up in the blood of Christ. It's wrapped up in the body and the death, the burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It's got the name of every person that's ever born on this earth. They can look at that package and they can say, hey, that eternal life has been made just for me. And when they look at that and they see that package that's wrapped in the body and the death, burial, and resurrection and the blood of Jesus Christ, that gift is there. It's it's available for anybody to receive it. And you don't have to fear when you actually, by faith, accept that gift that's been given. See, they were talking about the greatest gift that could ever come. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave of what? His only begotten son, Jesus. Who now the angels are proclaiming. They're saying, listen, you don't have to fear because Jesus is here. He's come. Said, and the angels said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings. Of great joy, which shall be to some people. No, he said to all people. That means everyone can rejoice because of Jesus. 
Everyone can sing praises. Why? Because of Jesus. Everybody can have a joy in their heart. Why? Because of Jesus. And we can uh, not fear today because of that miraculous birth, but that miraculous birth that took place, I want you to understand, is an example of what takes place in us. It's a miraculous birth that we have in this second birth. Because we're sinners deserving of hell, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection, He was born in a manger, a lowly stable, and we see the King of kings and the Lord of lords humbled Himself, took upon Himself the form of a servant, was born in a stable with animals, uh, probably didn't smell the greatest. It probably wasn't the most comfortable place for Mary to give birth. But Jesus was showing Him, He was lowering Himself, why? So that we could live forever. And he came to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you're here in this room this morning and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, listen, you don't have to fear where you're going to spend eternity if you just trust him as your Savior. He said, for by grace are you saved through faith. The pronouncements of that birth and uh, of the miraculous thing that takes place is those of us that are sinners because of all that Jesus done. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Bible says you've been given eternal life. And you shall never perish and i got to thinking about that pronouncement of this miraculous birth that he says fear not fear not for behold i bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people well i want you to go back now to the day of your spiritual birth the day you received jesus christ as your savior you know what this was a miraculous birth and a proclamation of this birth is this fear not fear not why because you're sealed in christ jesus Hey, Jesus is now part of you, and you are part of Him. And you can rejoice, and you can sing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Why? Because of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The pronouncement of a miraculous birth. Listen, it was remarkable what took place that day. And the angel said to him, fear not. If you go back to Genesis 15, I'm not going to turn there for sake of time. But he told Abraham to fear not, for I am thy shield. In Deuteronomy 31, he said again, fear not. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. In Joshua 8.1, he said, I will fight for you. Fear not, for I am with you. In 2 Kings 6, and verse 16, Elijah and them had the army surrounding them. And uh, he, he said, open his eyes that he may see. The servant was afraid, and he said, fear not. Those that be with us are more than those that be with them. And all throughout Scripture, when we go through it in Psalm 56 and Matthew 1 and verse 20, uh, he tells Joseph to fear not. And uh, Luke 1 and verse 30, he tells Mary not to fear and all of these different things. Luke, uh, look over real quickly in Luke chapter 5. You can flip a couple pages there uh, real quick. Luke chapter 5 and verse number 10. He says this, and it was so James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were uh, partners with Simon and Jesus, said unto Simon, fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. He's telling them to fear not. Fear not. This is, seems to be a, a, a sound that's resonating throughout Scripture. It's echoing from the very beginning in Genesis all the way through the Bible. And you go through in Luke 8 and verse 15. He says, fear not, believe only. And he's talking to Jairus about his daughter with uh, she was dead, and remember, a servant comes to him, and he says, oh, Trouble not the master, for she is dead. And he says, Fear not, only believe, and she shall be made whole. He's telling him to fear not. Fear not. 
And all throughout the pages of Scripture, you get all the way to the book of Revelation, and there's a common word that says, fear not. Fear not. I took my mind back to this time in Scripture when these angels were giving this proclamation, saying, fear not. And I begin to think in my mind of how many times that I've let God down because of fear. I got to thinking about how many times I've not done what God wanted me to do because of fear. And I got to thinking about what should make me fear not was that pronouncement of that remarkable birth, that miraculous birth with Jesus was here. But then the promise of His presence makes me fear not. In Psalm 23, He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He said, Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what he's saying? I don't have to fear because of the promise of Your presence that's with me. You understand, child of God, He promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Why don't we have to fear in the world in which we live? First off, because of what Jesus came for, the salvation of all of us. And once we've received Jesus Christ as our Savior, listen, we don't, have to, we don't have to fear anymore because we have Jesus living in us. But He promised that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 50 it said, But when Jesus heard it, He answered and saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Talking to Jairus and his daughter, I talked about that. He told him to fear not, only believe. Matthew 8, flip over there quickly. Matthew chapter number 8. This is where I want us to think about the presence. When the storms of life come uh, in our life and the situations happen, why don't we have to fear because of the promise of God's presence? He said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you always. And we're going to get to that here in just a moment. But in Matthew chapter 8, these uh, disciples are on a ship. Many of them are seasoned fishermen. They know what it's like to be in a boat. They know what it's like, I'm sure, to have some waves coming about them. But in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 25, his disciples came unto him and awoke him and said, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto him, Why are ye so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? Listen, they were in the same ship that Jesus was. They had Jesus' presence with them, but yet they were fearful. And they said, Why are you so fearful? He said this, O ye of what? So what causes us to be fearful? Little faith. No faith in God. Why do we fear? We fear because of a lack of faith. We fear because we, we, we're looking inwardly instead of uh, heavenly. We're looking at what we are around us and who we are here. And we're looking at the circumstance around us. And there was waves that were boisterous and the ship was being tossed back and forth. But the presence of God was with the disciples and he's trying to teach them something. Listen, when I'm here, you don't have to fear. Even when the storms are splashing all around you. Even when the times get tough, guess what? You don't have to fear. Why? Because the promise of God's presence. 
And then we go out about trying to serve Him with our life. And He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then He promises us that, thing, that same thing again. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. The promise of God's presence ought to help us not to fear. Listen, the pronouncement of that miraculous birth ought to make you rejoice. Just as the, the, those shepherds, they were afraid at first. And the angel said, oh, whoa, whoa, I got good news for you. Jesus is here. And we can still proclaim that same message today. Is that, listen, if you're born again, bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can rejoice and fear not. Why? Because of that miraculous birth that's taking place in you, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Jesus is with you. He promised never to leave you nor forsake you. His presence is there. And you can rejoice and fear not because of it. He says, fear not. Fear not. But in his birth, I want you to think about what was the message. Fear not. In his birth, wasn't it? Look at Matthew 28. We just talked about Matthew 28, 19, and 20 when Jesus was given that message. Remember, this is after he is resurrected from the grave. He's given a command to the disciples. He's telling them, listen, the work that's been done, all that you've been taught, you need to go into all the world and tell them about it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. He tells them, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. But in Matthew 28 and verse number 5, this is after Jesus has been buried. Look at verse 1, starting there. And the end of the Sabbath, as it became to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from the heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning. And his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him the keepers did shake. And became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman. What did he say? Fear not ye. For I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here. For he is risen as he said. Come see the place. Where the Lord lay. Listen, why don't we have to fear because of the pronouncement of that birth? We don't have to fear because of the promise of his presence. And he told this lady, you don't have to, pe- to fear because of the power of his resurrection. In the birth of Christ, what was the message? Fear not. After the death of Christ, what was the message? Fear not. Why? Because all power has been given to Jesus. He's all-powerful. The power of the resurrection. You understand the resurrection is just as important as the birth. We celebrate Christmas and man, it is a worldwide thing. Most people, they're very sensitive to the uh, gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ during the Christmas season. Most people go to church two times a year, Christmas and Easter. Has to do with the birth of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. But both of them are as equally important as the other. Why? Because he came to the earth to be an example for us, to take sin upon himself, to die on an old rugged cross, to bear my sin upon himself, but he rose to conquer death so he could offer life to you and I. Had he not died and been buried and rose from the grave, then death would have conquered him and we would have a lot to fear. But we don't have to fear because of the power of his resurrection. We don't have to fear because of who God is and the power that he has. Death couldn't keep him down. Oh, the devil tried. He thought he won the battle, didn't he? 
Jesus hanging on the cross and he said, it is finished. But during that three days, Jesus turned Satan's world upside down, didn't he? When he took hell for us and he took the keys of death and hell from Satan. And he rose from the grave and he says, listen, death couldn't conquer him. And now Mary Magdalene and them are coming to the sepulcher and they're saying, hey, we wanted to come and see Jesus. And the angel gives them a message says, fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus. But let me show you something. I've got good news for you. Death couldn't keep him down. Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't handle him. None of those things could keep God down. Why? Because he is all powerful. And there's power in his resurrection. And you don't have to fear because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. The common message all throughout the Bible. We don't have to fear because of Jesus. I wonder, are you living in fear? My mind went back as well to Timothy, the preacher boy. Paul was talking to Timothy and Timothy was going through a trying time. Nero, that bloodthirsty emperor that has persecuted the church of God, was after them. And Timothy is pastoring there in Ephesus and he's a vocal man for the Lord and uh, his life could be on the line at any moment. And in his fear and in his frustration in the flesh, he, word gets back to Paul that his preacher boy is fearful and here Paul's in prison. Paul writes him a letter and he says this to him. He says, Timothy, he said, I want to remind you about the unfeigned faith that is in thee. That was in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice and is in thee also, he said. And I want you to stir up the gift that is in thee. Stir up the gift of God. Let's, let's use what you've got inside of you, he said. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You know, he's reminding Timothy, you don't have to fear because of God. You don't have to fear because he's with you all the time. You don't have to fear because there was power in his resurrection and because of uh, the salvation that came through Jesus Christ and his promise of his presence that he's with you all the time. The worst thing they can do to you, Timothy, send you to heaven. You know what he was trying to encourage him? He said, listen, you don't have to have fear. You don't have to fear. Oh, you're going to fear for your life. Why are you going to fear for this life? The Bible says, fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Listen, if you think you're going to heaven any other way, you ought to be fearful because the fact of the matter is there's one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But you don't have to live in fear of eternity if Jesus is in your life because eternity's been settled. He's conquered it all because of his death on the cross. But I thought about that pronouncement of that miraculous birth. And he said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And just as the angels proclaimed that, hey, there's been a new birth. And it's miraculous. I'm here to tell you today, we ought to glory to God in the highest. Because of the miraculous birth that's taking place in us. We ought to be able to sing like the angels, Brother Eddie. And listen, you heard the preacher mention it last night. They're talking about glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And they don't know what salvation experience is all about. 
But we've went from death unto life. We've experienced what it's like to be on our way to hell. Then through the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. That ought to put a spring in your step and a joy in your heart to say glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And this Christmas season, you ought not to fear what man may say, but just go out and proclaim the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because of what he's done inside of you. And his presence, his promise to always be with you. Well, last verse I want to read to you this morning in Revelation chapter number 1. Revelation chapter number 1. Verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. You know why you don't have to fear? Because of the proclamation of his deity and who he is. He's God. He's the first and the last. He's everything said, put his hand on me and said, fear not. I'm he, I am the first and the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead and am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Listen, church, you don't have to fear. This Christmas season, as I was going through this, I know it's a little bit of a different twist on, but he said, fear not. Fear not. We have so many people that are too afraid to do things for God. Why do we fear when he's the one that conquers all fear? And he lives inside of us. And he tells us all throughout the pages of Scripture, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. And as I went through, I don't know if the number is exactly accurate, but when I found, when I went through it, there was 367 fear nots in Scripture. 367 fear nots. That's one for every day of the year, including leap year, and in case you needed one extra one for another day. Fear not. Fear not. Listen, he said, why are you so fearful? I'll tell you why. Because you're of little faith. Listen, God can move mountains. God can do anything. What we think is impossible is not impossible with God. Let me encourage you this Christmas season and this upcoming year of 2020, don't fear. God's telling you to do some things. Just fear not because he's already prepared the way. He's already made it. You say, well, I'm, I'm afraid to trust him. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Death couldn't conquer him. And because it couldn't conquer him, he can offer life. If you're not saved, you need to trust Jesus as your Savior. If you are saved, though, you have the one who conquered death who is the first and the last. I'm he that liveth and was dead and is alive forevermore. You know why we can rejoice today? Because the promise of his presence with us. And we don't have to fear. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. With our heads bowed and eyes closed,